everyone, and welcome to Holy Conversations, a podcast of the Wesleyan Covenant Association. My name is Bob Kaler, and we are excited to be bringing you this first episode in what we will hope uh, to be an inspirational and informative series focused on the new traditional Methodist movement that we look to see emerging out of the United Methodist Church in 2021. So we're excited about this this podcast and the first episode is about laying the groundwork for what's to come. And uh, so we're going to start looking forward first by looking backward. And uh, to do that, uh, I want to introduce first my co-host, Stephanie Greenwald, who I got to know briefly just in uh, November at the WCA Global Gathering in Tulsa. I'm looking forward to working with her through this podcast. She is in Oklahoma City, I am here in Monument, Colorado. Stephanie, it's good to be with you. Tell our listeners all about you. Well, Bob, it is great to be with you as well. I'm so excited about what we are doing with this. It's going to be fun to lay this groundwork today and then to also just be looking into the future as to what God has for us. But I am Stephanie Greenwald. I'm a licensed local pastor in the Methodist Church. Uh, I serve as an associate pastor at St. Andrew's Community United Methodist Church in Oklahoma City. I'm a lifelong Methodist uh, of our denomination. I love our Wesleyan covenant background. I love uh, what God is looking to do through us. So I'm just excited to be a part of this. Bob, tell us a little bit more about you. Well, um, I am a lead pastor here at Tri-Lakes United Methodist Church in Monument, Colorado, which is just north of Colorado Springs. And so we get to see Pikes Peak every day here, which is a marvelous thing. (laughs) And uh, very excited about uh, jumping in on the podcast. I've been part of the WCA Council for the last couple of years and um, also worked on the Next Steps Task Force, working on uh, planning for the new Methodism. We're going to be talking a lot about that through the course of this podcast about the doctrine and discipline uh, over the course of the next several weeks. So, um, So I'm really glad to be to be part of that. And uh, we're both here because we uh, became part of this movement called the Wesleyan Covenant Association. And so I'm always interested when I talk to people about how they became involved in this movement. So Stephanie, tell us how you became involved in the WCA. Well, I am so excited to be a part of what the WCA is doing. You know, when I first started out in ministry, it's been more than 20 years ago, I uh, was working at the fifth largest Methodist church in the world, First United Methodist in Tulsa. And I got to see kind of the ground roots of the confessing movement there and how that was growing. Um, But then kind of over time, over the last 10 to 15 years, moved to St. Luke's Methodist Church here in Oklahoma City, which is the fastest growing church in uh, one of the fastest growing churches in Methodism right now and kind of getting to see a broader spectrum of beliefs and uh, interaction between the different parts of Methodism. But then when I uh, answered the call into ministry to become, you know, vocational minister, came to St. Andrews, and that's really where I learned of the Wesleyan Covenant Association, really thinking about how the Methodist Church has these wide range of beliefs, and everybody is kind of wanting to vie for position. They're wanting to pick where they stand within this broad spectrum. And as I was doing my research, doing my due diligence, came across the Wesleyan Covenant Association and was able to meet with Walter when he came to Oklahoma City, Walter Fenton, who is the vice president 
of strategic engagement for Wesleyan Covenant Association and loved my interaction with him and what the WCA stands for. So I have been excited to be a, a member of the WCA for the last couple of years, being involved in their global gathering last November and getting to know great people like my co-host Bob and others who are involved uh, in that global gathering and a part of what the WCA is doing. So I'm excited to be a part of it. Excellent. Yeah, I yeah. I, I kind of came to this um, uh, actually long before 2016, before the WCA launched. Um, I didn't grow up United Methodist. I grew up in a Presbyterian denomination. It was very Calvinist. I always like to tell people it was Shiite Presbyterian. You know, like we <laughs> memorized, <laughs> memorized the Westminster Shorter Catechism in in high school. Um, you know, and so uh, I didn't know that much about United Methodism. My wife grew up United Methodist mm. and couldn't tell you uh, much about it because they didn't really talk about it a whole lot. They didn't teach that as we were indoctrinated as kids. And so um, I, I got a job. I was in the National Guard and I, I got a civilian job working in a church as a youth director, which is an interesting juxtaposition. And uh, <laughs> yeah. one day... One day, the uh, senior pastor called me into his office, and he slid all the confirmation materials across the desk to me, and he said, uh, I want you to teach confirmation. I said, I don't, know, I don't know anything about Methodism. I'm Presbyterian. He goes, well, you're a smart guy. You'll figure it out. And so I read, I read Wesley, and I was blown away. I mean, I thought, this really makes a whole lot more sense to me. Uh, this emphasis mm. on grace, this emphasis on growth and uh, and yeah. discipleship and all of that, which was so exciting to me, and um, and so I entered the ordination process and and um, I went to seminary and at seminary I learned more about it. I just got more and more excited about it. I was like, I can't wait to do mm. the stuff. I can't wait to do the <laughs> stuff. And then yes. I then I got into ministry and went through the ordination process in the United Methodist Church in a, in a different conference. And, um, and I said to them, when do we do the stuff? And they say, well, we don't really do the stuff. I mean, you know, mm. you guys who do the stuff are kind of fanatical. Um, <laughs> then, then after that being there for a few years, I moved out West here and here in the West, it's basically like, we don't only not do the stuff, we do the opposite of the stuff. So, uh, um, okay. so it's always been in this situation where um, I've seen what Methodism could be um, probably like a lot of people who become converted to something later in life, you know, they begin to really become enthusiastic about it. So I became very enthusiastic about it. And I've yes. seen this sort of divergence over time between, uh, between what authentic Methodism sort of felt like, original Methodism, that sort of uh, mm -hmm. movement kind of piece and where the institution has gone. And so when WCA yes. emerged in 2016, um, after a lot of other stuff that had happened, um, I was on board. I was in Chicago at that first meeting, very excited about what was going on and mm. uh, got involved from there. So that's been a huge part of, of that. And especially being here in the West um, where things are very different and we're very much in the minority. Um, it's been yeah, really yes. good to be part of the council, be part of the voice for that too. So that is so true. Well, and it's so wonderful, too, to have this group where we can be together. I mean, it is so important for us to uh, to continue this movement. Like you said, it, it really started out as a movement, and that's what we're getting back to. I think that's so important. But as we look towards the future, uh, we know that General Conference, which was supposed to be happening here mid-May, 
is not happening. It's been postponed because of what's going on with COVID-19 in our world. And uh, I think it's important for us to look at this time as an opportunity uh, to develop this movement even more and to help people understand what the WCA is all about, what traditional Methodism is all about. And so as we look towards the future, I think that's so important. What are your thoughts, Bob? Yeah, I, I'm excited on one level, disappointed very much on, on one level because we mm-hmm. had to postpone. I think everybody was looking toward this. And even my progressive colleagues out here were always were also, also looking forward to having right. this opportunity to finally settle this. But, um, but I do think it gives us an opportunity to look at the present and to plan and to be more measured in our process it's a gift of time to be more prepared. And that's mm-hmm. where I think we're, we're being called right now. As difficult as it is, uh, never waste the crisis. So <laughs> right. do that. It's so true. It's very, very true. So as we look towards the future, I'm very excited about our special guest today. Bob, do you want to tell us a little more about who is with us in studio? Yes, Walter Fenton is joining us. Walter is the Vice President for Strategic Engagement, as Stephanie said earlier, for the Wesleyan Covenant Association. Walter is joining us by phone. Uh, And uh, Walter, we're so grateful to have you with us on this inaugural podcast. As I said, we're looking forward first by looking backward. So um, Mm -hmm. we want to, we want to, First, ask Walter how he got involved in the Wesleyan Covenant Association. How did you get involved on this? Well, hello, Bob and Stephanie. Um, You know, hey, Bob, before I answer your question, I want to say how excited the WCAA is is to have uh, you and Stephanie co-hosting our podcast. Uh, We're really looking forward to all of the ways that the the two of you and, and the, the many guests that, that uh, you'll have on the, the podcast, uh, you all help people stay informed and to inspire them uh, as the WCA continues to, to share its vision uh, for a, a new Methodist movement. And so I just want to thank the both of you for your willingness to co-host. And mm-hmm. as for my journey into this movement, uh, yeah, I can kind of relate to some of the things that, that you both shared. Um, I, in one way, I can say I was a lifelong Methodist. So, Stephanie, I can, I can resonate with you there. Bob, <laughs> I was not raised in the United Methodist Church. I was raised in the Free Methodist Church. Mm-hmm. Uh, but through seminary, through divinity school, I made my journey in the United Methodist Church and um, was ordained deacon and elder uh, in the Detroit Annual Conference. And as a young pastor, I, I got connected um, uh, with Good News Magazine, started reading it, got to know some people in the, in the movement, and I eventually wound up on uh, Good News' board of directors. And then after uh, four or five years, I was invited to join the staff. And it was from Good News that I came to the Wesley Covenant Association uh, in 2017. And I've had the privilege, and it is indeed a privilege, of working with laity and clergy and all of the renewal and reform movements for about 20 years now. Wow, that is fantastic, Walter. We're so thankful to you for your service to us. I know after watching you at our WCA Global Gathering in November, just the amount of time, effort, love, input that you have uh, in these events and then doing things all throughout the year uh, to help make this movement what it is today. We're so grateful to you. Can you tell us a little bit about the history 
of the Wesleyan Covenant Association. Let's let's hear about that. Sure, Stephanie. Um, you know, in the late spring and um, early summer of 2016, uh, the team at Good News was encouraged and and frankly supported by a lot of traditionalists all across the UN connection to help facilitate the launch of a new traditionalist movement uh, in light of major developments that had transpired at the at the May 2016 General Conference. I know the both of you will remember that the delegates at the 2016 General Conference had empowered the, the Council of Bishops to create the Commission on a Way Forward and, and convene a, a special general conference if necessary. And it was in light of that development that, that the Good News staff uh, was tasked to, to plan for what might be next for traditionalists, depending on the, on the Commission's work and the results of a, of a special conference. So in August of 2016, we convened a group of about 50 people, laity and clergy. Uh, we convened in, in Houston, and we, we met for two days to talk about the movement. What would it look like and to, to you know, more clearly define its purpose and its goals. And ultimately, we decided that we would hold a, a, a one-day conference that was scheduled for Friday, uh, October 8th, 2016. And on that day, the WCA was launched and uh, it had a council of about 20 to 30 lay and clergy leaders. And they ran the association for several months uh, as they conducted a search for a president. And I cannot say how thankful I am for pastors like Jeff Greenway, Carolyn mm. Moore, Madeline Carrasco Henners and, and lay people mm -hmm. like Farrell Coppage, among many others. Uh, mm -hmm. The council and its leaders are the people responsible for really getting the WCA off the ground and moving it forward. And, and then the council eventually uh, hired uh, in April 2017, uh, the Reverend Keith Boyette to be the association's president. And he started shortly thereafter. And I can tell you uh, from having a front row seat, Keith has been a strong, tireless, and selfless leader for three years now. <clears throat> and wow. under his leadership, we now have 50 regional chapters across the U.S. We have many friends and members in Africa, Eurasia, and the Philippines. And our global WCA council has grown to 36 members, and we have over 225 global legislative uh, assembly delegates who annually prepare uh, the association forward. So that's just a brief recap of all that has happened in just three short years and, and how the WCA has, has come into existence and what it's been doing. It seems like so much longer. Um, you know, we're, we're coming up on fourth year anniversary this October of that gathering in Chicago. I was there. I couldn't have been more excited to be there. The, the feeling in the room was just electric. And they were singing, uh, took me back to, to seminary, all the voices and all of that, singing these great Wesley hymns, standing together, affirming the creeds. All of that was so, so powerful. But just for me, it was about the hope that there is a future where we can do the stuff, you know, do the, do the stuff that <laughs> right. really matters. You know, it's, it's really exciting about that. Not that we couldn't do it in the current climate, but, but I think institutionally it's very difficult. And to kind of strip away a lot of that and get back to the basics of what it means to not only be Methodist, but to be 
uh, disciples of Christ, to be, mm. to be Christians that are growing fruitfully, growing, uh, going on to perfection, as Wesley would say. That, that the part for me was so, was so exciting. Um, that is just amazing. Yeah, it's so good to hear you say all that because for me, as I look back on it, I didn't even know that was happening in that moment. And I think about all of our listeners that some of our listeners were a part of it from the very beginning. They were there in that moment. They experienced that. Others are going to be like me where they didn't even know that was happening in 2016. And now they're curious about what's going on with the WCA. They want to know even more about it. And it's exciting to think uh, that this movement has been taking place now and God has been alive and at work in it. And Walter, I would just like to ask you another question. Since you've been in the middle of this since the very beginning, you came on staff, tell our listeners, what are some of the joys and the challenges of this movement so far? Sure. You know, Stephanie, the joys are are easy to cite. Uh, one of the joys is, you know, I've had the privilege to meet and work with scores of, of UM clergy colleagues and and United Methodist laity um, all around the world, uh, many of them who have become, you know, good friends. And another joy is uh, seeing uh, traditionalists work together and to lean into to building something new. Like, uh, let me just give you an example. We had our first global legislative assembly uh, meeting. It was in, in Marietta, Georgia at Mount Bethel mm -hmm. United Methodist Church. It was just incredible to see. Uh, we had a, a, over 150 uh, global legislative assembly delegates the first time around. And to just mm -hmm. see them and, and come and work together to be unified around core principles. It, it doesn't mean that, you know, they always agreed with one another. It was indeed an assembly meeting. And so, you know, people made speeches back and forth, but you could just sense in the room uh, a sense of wanting to work together and move forward and not spend time um, mm. arguing and debating with one another, but, but thinking how to move forward. And, you know, as for challenges, I think the biggest challenge we have right now, Stephanie, is just helping people become better informed about all of the major developments uh, in UM Church in the mm -hmm. last uh, year or so. People uh, have a lot of legitimate questions about what is happening in the denomination and what mm -hmm. their local churches need to do in light of those developments. And so getting that information out and helping them navigate through the very processes, that, that's, that's one of the biggest challenges we have right now. That makes a lot of sense, Walter. And just as a follow-up question to that, you know, the podcast is one of these ways that we're hoping to get this content out to listeners so that they can understand what the WCA is all about, uh, what's happening kind of behind the scenes so that they can be informed. What are some other uh, venues or avenues that the WCA is using right now uh, to get that information out? How would you suggest people find that? Sure. Well, one of the easiest things they can do, Stephanie, is to go to wesleyancovenant.org, our website, and they will find a wealth of information there, particularly by clicking on the, the resources tab or just simply watching 
um, the slides go across the top, they can, can press on any of those slides and it will take them. For instance, many people have heard about the, 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 the protocol that, that mm -hmm. uh, was negotiated late last year, has been so much in the news, the United mm -hmm. Methodist Church. Um, they, can, they can read the protocol agreement, all the imp implementing legislation, read news stories about it. Um, and so it, it's, it's just the website just has a, a, a real wealth of information, lots of, of articles that we try to keep them brief, but, but very informative. So mm -hmm. that's one way we do it. We also send out an e-newsletter. We call it Outlook. It comes out once or twice a week, and we're always working to, to try and keep people uh, in, informed about what's, what's happening in, in the United Methodist Church around the, 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 the process, particularly in the run-up to what was going to be the, the 2020 General Conference. Mm -hmm. And as Bob said uh, earlier, we'll continue, you know, it, it, all of us, I know, people all across the church, whether they're traditional, traditionalist, centrist, or progressives, we're mm -hmm. looking forward to the, to the general conference. We, we perfectly understand why the commission on general conference needed to, to, to postpone. And we know uh, of the challenges that they, they face. Um, mm -hmm. We would have liked to have gone forward with the conference, but as Bob said, you know, it, it gives us time to, to get more people informed and help them understand uh, what will be before them should the, the protocol uh, be implemented uh, at the at the next general conference. So on that note, you are you and Keith, I think, are the most traveled men in Methodism. I, I was reading the <laughs> biography of of uh, Francis Asbury a little while ago. Two hundred fifty thousand miles on horseback. Uh, Wesley had a similar number. I don't know what your what your frequent flyer mile account looks like. Uh, certainly not recently the last few weeks but but up to that point you guys have been crisscrossing the globe uh, talking with people about the wca what do you hear from folks uh, about the wca and what are some misconceptions that are pretty common out there because i know there are a lot of them i hear them uh, what what do you hear from people and how do you respond to them sure sure uh you know, like I said earlier, it's a, it's a great privilege to get out and and to 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 meet with people and and to to talk about what's happening in the church. And you know, I would say, Bob, you know, the most of the people who come to our WCA gatherings, they they kind of fall into two groups. Many of them are, of course, just enthusiastic supporters. They're, they're they make the organization go. They make the association move, and and they're already members, and they're just they're there to be supportive and and to find out more of what's going on. And then we have a, a good group of people who are are at our events, just interested in be um, learning more about the movement and trying to decide whether they they want to join us as as members. And so on the whole, you know, people we meet are very supportive of the WCA. They're eager to learn more about its vision for a new Methodist movement. And, and they want to know how their local church can be become a part of it. I'd say the biggest misconception about the WCA uh, is that it is fixated on the debate over the UM Church's sexual ethics, its teachings on marriage, and its, its ordination standards. I, I can tell you in working closely uh, with Keith, with the WCA Council, the Global Legislative Assembly, and meeting hundreds of members, uh, 
it has not fixated on that issue at all. Mm -hmm. Now, to be sure, WCA members know, know where they stand on those matters, but, but the debate over them is not what animates and drives WCA people forward. Um, I've met, uh, like I said, hundreds of WCA members, and I'm confident what truly excites them is, is to worship God as the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, to be mm -hmm. faithful disciples of Jesus Christ, and to be about making disciples of Jesus Christ, and, and to be the body of Christ in the world, bearing witness to the transforming power of Christ's cross. They, they want to get on with the church's greater mission without having to fight a rear guard action uh, with people uh, in, their, in their own church. Mm -hmm. I've said to people that the one thing that I look forward to most is, is going to uh, a denominational event or a conference event and know who we're worshiping. That, yes. that's, that's a huge part of this for me. The biggest part of it for me, I think. Most definitely. I agree with you, Bob. So Walter, as we've looked at kind of where we have come from, you know, how, how we got to where we are now, um, and then looking at these common misconceptions, which is so helpful to us to hear that, to hear what the WCA is really about. I'd love for our listeners to hear what your hopes are for the future of traditional Methodism, of the WCA. Tell us a little bit about that. Sure, sure. Well, you know, I can boil it down pretty easily about my hopes for for the future, uh, you know, all across the church, whether it's it's bishops or uh, denomination, other denominational leaders, clergy, laity, uh, traditionalists, centrists, uh, progressive. I, I think people are all coming to accept that uh, uh, separation uh, is is necessary, and and we understand that too. And so, you know, we're starting to talk uh, about our hopes for what a new traditionalist Methodist church would look like. And mm -hmm. I would say our our hope is for a church that faithfully worships the Triune God, uh, mm -hmm. that that is committed that the people of that church are committed to being disciples of Jesus Christ, who mm -hmm. seek to make disciples of Jesus Christ, and a church that's dedicated to to being the body of Christ uh, in the world. <clears throat> and, you know, we know at the WCA that on this side of the veil as a church, we'll never get, you know, things completely right. Mm -hmm. we, we, you know, we all acknowledge that we're sinners in needs of God's redeeming. And, and that being the case as a church, we'll, we'll have to contend with our share of trials and tribulations, both from within <laughs> and without. But I do earnestly believe that we can can be a new Methodist movement where people feel fully invested in the church's mission, where people uh, trust their leaders to teach and defend the core confessions of the Christian faith, mm -hmm. and where people are really excited to serve in their local church that is globally connected with, with people around the world who share their core theological and ethical values. So that's what we're looking forward to. That's, that's our vision and, and, and where, where we're aiming at the Wesley Covenant Association. Mm -hmm. It's so exciting. You know, I served on the Next Steps Task Force. We started to meet to develop the new doctrine and discipline. And it was so cool to be able to start with a blank slate and to think about where we've been, where we want to go, where God might be calling us to go, to think about that, that whole movement of, of Wesleyan understanding of salvation and, and discipleship and all of that. 
So it's exciting to hear you say that, Walter, because I think that's that's the hope for, that most of us have for the future. That's why we're part of this in the first place. Um, so we want to thank you, Walter, for your uh, your insight and your engagement, giving us a little bit of a history lesson as we launch this. And uh, Stephanie, we have uh, more guests getting lined up. And next time, uh, we're going to move from the past to the mm -hmm. present. So why don't you tease us a little bit with who is uh, going to be joining us on the next episode? Well, friends, I'm just so excited for you to have gotten to know Walter today. I'm excited for our next episode that you're going to get to know the president of the Wesleyan Covenant Association, Keith Boyette. He's going to be telling us where things are now. We're going to hear uh, directly from this great man who is helping to lead us into the future. And he's going to be helping us to understand these things. Bob and I will have some great questions for him so that you can understand where things are right now. It's going to be a great episode. We're looking forward to that. We're looking forward to some subsequent episodes on all your favorite topics. We get questions all the time about things like, what does the WCA think about ordination or clergy deployment or theology or tons of other things? We've got a lot of topics to cover over the next weeks and months as we move toward General Conference 2021. And, and I know we'll have plenty of stuff to talk about after that as well, as we move toward a convening conference and a new denomination. So mm -hmm. if you're excited about that, I hope you'll join us on this journey and uh, be a regular listener to the podcast. You can subscribe wherever you find your podcasts or on iTunes. We encourage you to leave a rating. We know it's hard to leave a rating on one episode, but if you <laughs> leave us a rating on iTunes, that helps to drive people to our, our site. We also want to encourage you to share that with other folks. And uh, if you have questions as we come up with new episodes, we're always going to tease those a little bit in advance so that you can uh, submit your questions. We know that you have them. We've set up a special email account for that. It's podcast at wesleyancovenant.org. Uh, we will put that in the show notes as well. But podcast at wesleyancovenant.org. Let us know your questions. Let us know your comments. We'd love to hear from you as we continue this process. We want to be a, a long uh, sort of format forum for you to answer and, and ask those questions as we go forward. Yes, friends, and we are so excited that you have joined us today. Walter, we want to say another word of thanks for being with us for your tireless work for this new movement. We are so grateful to you. Thank you very much, Stephanie and Bob. It was great to, to be on with you. Well, friends, we're so glad that you have joined us, and we're going to look forward to seeing you next time. Until then, stay faithful to our Heavenly Father, and we will look forward to seeing you when we gather again.